Welcome to the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, the show that brings you lively conversations with leaders, colleagues, and friends in healthcare, pharmacy, and beyond. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. This is episode 42 of the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, and thanks for listening. We are recording this episode during Pharmacist Month, and we acknowledge the important and accessible role pharmacists play in our health and in our communities, especially during the pandemic, such as helping people with COVID testing, COVID vaccines, monoclonal antibodies, flu shots, so many things, and managing chronic disease states. Thank you to the amazing pharmacists and pharmacy technicians working tirelessly every day. Well, now on today's podcast, I'll be talking with Kennedy Erickson. Kennedy and I are gonna be discussing many things, including her experiences as the APHA ASP 2021 to 2022 national president elect that involves service and leadership for the tens of thousands of student pharmacist members across the United States. Can't wait to hear more about that one. I'll give you a bit of an introduction to Kennedy and then also let her tell you about herself, her family, and her many varied adventures in life. Kennedy is a third year student pharmacist at Washington State University College of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences. She looks forward to the November 2021 virtual APHASP mid-year regional meeting. She also is excited to travel in March 2022 for the APHA's annual meeting in San Antonio, Texas. Count me in on that one too. Well, Kennedy, thanks so much for being here with me today. Before we get started with your student pharmacist and leadership experiences, maybe we can talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, about your family and life in Washington State. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me here today, Melissa. Um, truly an honor, and I've really been looking forward to having this conversation with you. I was born and raised in Olympia, Washington, which is on the west side of Washington, just south of Seattle, until I graduated from high school. Um, my mom's a hairdresser and my dad, he works as a stevedore. And whenever I say that, people ask me what a stevedore is. And it's a person who manages the operations of loading and unloading cargo from ships. Um, I was able to come to work with him one day and was really just in awe about how big those ships were, how much cargo they store. A middle child of three sisters. And we always laugh about how all three of us somehow ended up in healthcare. My two sisters are nurses and me being a future pharmacist. But I think my starting point was actually getting to shadow my older sister for a middle school project at her work one day to learn a little bit more about dementia. Uh, doing that project sparked my interest in neuroscience so much so that I went to Western Washington University up in Bellingham, which is near the Canadian border, to get a bachelor's degree in neuroscience. And I went there with the intent of wanting to become a neurosurgeon. But along the way, kind of found that that wasn't really the route that I wanted to go. And unfortunately, that was at the end of graduation. <laughs> so one of my good friends actually offered me a job in their pharmacy while I kind of figured out my next steps in life. And I found that I fell in love with it. And I've just been involved ever since. Oh, that is such a cool story about, I had to smile thinking about you getting to graduation and then realizing, well, this is maybe not 
the right fit or exactly what you want to do. And I know that many of our listeners are in the same boat. And, you know, when you talk about the Pacific Northwest, you know, where you grew up, it is such a beautiful part of our country. And I have enjoyed so many meetings in Seattle and within Washington state, spent time uh, meeting with the pharmacy association there over the years. So I love that, you know, that's where you grew up and there's just so many adventures that can happen there. And a big shout out to your dad working on with the cargo ships. We know right now that that is such a big deal with supply chain and everything that's happening. So, you know, all those people that helped to make that happen and to get the goods off the containers and the ships and all that and keep things going, you know, that's just a, that's a really, really important thing. Well, you know, I just touched on this, but let's chat a little bit about life outside of pharmacy. You know, what are some of your hobbies and self-care activities and, you know, the nature in Washington state is so beautiful and inspiring. Yeah, I feel so fortunate to live in such a beautiful state. And whenever I get the chance, I'll be hiking in my spare time. Most recently over the summer, it's probably one of my biggest like accomplishments for myself. I through hiked the enchantments with one of my good friends. And let me tell you, they really named that park well because it was enchanting. Oh, cool. <laughs> But I like to hike. It helps me calm my mind, release like nervous energy. And I really like the endorphin rush at the end. When I graduate pharmacy school, I think I want to hike Mount Rainier. But outside of hiking, I also like to play piano. I've been playing since the fifth grade. And before starting pharmacy school, I was able to teach four students and seeing them progress was really something. But now I just make time to make an effort to learn a new song every other semester or so. And optimizing my mental health throughout the pandemic has been really important to me. And I'd say the main way I like to do this is through exercise and creative outlets and taking time to catch up with my friends and family. Thank you for sharing some of your outlets are and your hobbies. And boy, I love the bucket list idea of Mount Rainier. I mean, that's an amazing hiking goal to have. And then also a personal goal related to I, the preparation for that would be so cool and so fun. And like you, I also have played the piano. I would not say that I currently play the piano. I took lessons when I was younger. Although this past weekend, I was with my family, we were away and there was a piano in the lobby somewhere. And I sat down and I started to play my first recital piece. It was called Whirlybird. And my siblings and my niece and nephews like looked at me like, how do you still know that? But I think like, you know, if you've taken piano, there are certain songs or things that you've done from a recital that are like drilled in your head. I don't, I mean, I couldn't play the whole thing, but I could play the beginning. Piano kind of is a fun thing to keep with you, right? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that muscle memory, it's just, it's there like always, I think. I don't think it ever really goes away once you learn a song you really love. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. So let's chat a little bit more about your mentors. Um, tell me more about some of your mentors, both pre and during pharmacy school. Yeah, I've been so fortunate to have handfuls of incredible mentors throughout, you know, before and during pharmacy school. <laughs> but before pharmacy school, I worked in a community pharmacy in Olympia. And I think that's where one of my most influential mentors came into my life. Her name was Rebecca. From the day she hired me, she always pushed me to be the best I could be. And coming from the long-term care pharmacy in Bellingham, she taught me all the ropes of community pharmacy. She encouraged me to pursue a pharmacy technician license and she quizzed me throughout our shifts together. Throughout working with her, she modeled to me what an exceptional pharmacist looks like. And 
She encouraged me to actually apply for pharmacy school later down the line after discussing our career goals together. And she's continued to serve as a mentor for me throughout school. She actually had me as her IPI student when I did my community pharmacy rotation. And later on that year, she also taught me how to give immunizations, which I just thought it was amazing seeing that come full circle. During pharmacy school, I've also met handfuls of outstanding mentors, and I cannot begin to name each one of them, but I've found most of those mentors within my local APHA ASP chapter. And I'd like to specifically thank Dr. Jennifer Robinson, who was our chapter advisor, and our immediate past president, Misty Leffler, who mentored me as chapter president-elect last year. I don't think I'd be who I am today without their mentorship. Dr. Robinson is the best listener, and she's given me some incredible feedback on my career goals and advice on leadership and involvement in APHA ASP. She's also such an advocate for student mental health and is eager to invest in the success of all students at my school. So I just feel really fortunate to have received guidance from her throughout the past two years. And then Misty, she's welcomed me from day one, and she inspired me to run for local, regional, and national leadership positions since entering pharmacy school. And she's really shown me the importance of team building, communication, um, but most importantly, servant leadership. She just went above and beyond, not just for everyone she knows, but just the community in general. And I've really looked up to her throughout my time in school. You've had just such incredible influences, and I love the career planning that you did with Rebecca, and then that it went full circle in your immunization training that you had, and then um, with Jennifer in the College of Pharmacy related to the focus on leadership and mental health, which we know is so important, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper on that one today. And then finally, you know, just talking about servant leadership, and you know, we know that servant leadership makes such a difference. And so that you've had role models that have talked to you about this, that have, you know, shown the way is really important and cool. And, you know, to our listeners and our community out there, I think if you can reflect on hearing the joy and the gratitude in Kennedy's voice today about the difference that this effort, this collaboration together has made. So if you have a mentee, you know, I encourage you to touch base and, you know, maybe send a text or set up a coffee or, you know, see how they're doing. Because again, it's really rewarding um, to develop our emerging leaders, our leaders of today and our leaders for the future. Well, you know, as I did the introduction, Kennedy, and when I talked with people that you were gonna be on today, they were super excited. But a couple people asked me, they're like, okay, we need to find out what's the process for getting on the APHA ASP Executive Leadership Board. And, you know, there's a lot of students who may be interested, but they're not sure. So, you know, how would you encourage them to get more involved? And then, you know, when you were on this path, it can be hard. So did you have any failure along the way? And then kind of the final thing is, is how are you doing like work-life balance with keeping all these balls in the air? Yeah, those are great questions, Felissa. So the election process for the National Executive Committee, it entails a written application, an officer test, some thought questions, and a speech. And applications typically open up in January every year. And then, you know, throughout the next two months, you're doing your whole campaign and everything. Um, and then in March, APHA ASP chapters from all over the nation 
vote on those national officers from the slate of candidates. And then the officers who were selected take the oath of office during annual meeting. So that was really cool getting to do that virtually this year and seeing the officers that were elected come on screen. Yeah. That time. It was just like such a shock and it was just a really cool experience I'm thankful to have. But for student pharmacists wanting to get more involved, I'd say there's really opportunities for everyone, whether or not you hold a formal title or not, whether it's just for an hour a month or multiple hours every week. APHA, ASP, and you know a lot of other pharmacy organizations offer something really for everyone. And I'd encourage you to take advantage of your time as a student to explore those different avenues of pharmacy through some sort of active involvement. I'd encourage pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and really pursuing things that help you to grow as a person. Even if you fail, I think you'll reap so much out of the experience. Uh, when I was a first-year student pharmacist, I experienced failure. Uh, I was so excited to run for regional officer opportunities. And so at my first MRM, I decided to run for a regional member at large. And although I wasn't successful in being elected for that position, I found through the process, I learned so much about APHA ASP and I gained exposure to public speaking and finding topics in pharmacy that I was passionate about to put in my platform. And after I wasn't elected, instead of giving up on that platform, I just decided the next semester to give uh, running chapter president elect a shot. And fortunately that worked out for me. And I just think if you're passionate about something, in some way or some form, it will work out for you in the end. And I just think it's so important to encourage those passions as you go through school. And then finding work-life balance has been a tricky thing for me throughout school. And it's been a goal of mine to get better at that as I go through this journey. And I think intentionality is really key here. I keep a couple of planners and they help me to manage my time, especially since I'm not only balancing being a student pharmacist and leader, but also a sister, a friend, and a person who enjoys getting outdoors. So prioritizing what needs to get done each day through these planners have helped me a lot in optimizing my physical and mental health throughout pharmacy school. You just shared so many gems in that answer. You know, I think your your focus on just do something and get involved. You know, I was really fortunate in my career to have as a mentor, Sarah White, and I've, we've had her on the Melissa Rx Scripps podcast. And Sarah coined the term big L and little L leadership, is real, which is really what you just talked about, where, you know, you can be a formal leader through a, a role, a APHASP student leader or a student leader with, with other pharmacy organizations, or you can just be a leader, you know, on your rotations, with an internship, you know, in a club, with your church, all kinds of things. And so, you know, just thinking through what that looks like. I just loved learning more about that. And also you know, your reflection that one closed door can open another and that because of your passion and your, your tenacity and your um, reinforcing your, your interest in that, what that, that led to you. I love that you mentioned your planners and I'm a big planner person too. I, I'd be curious, what kind of planner or planners do you use? Yeah, so I'm kind of old school. I, I like the written planner, but I also, you know, I'm always on my phone too. So I have my planner in Microsoft Outlook and it'll like notify you, you know, when you have a meeting coming up. So I've found that really helpful. 
That's great. Yeah, I'm with you too, where I have, you know, use Outlook or Google Calendar for appointments and a lot of things. But then I also find that just writing it down, and I don't know about you, but I like to just cross it off or make a little check or to, you know, know that I've done it or to move something from, you know, one time period to another. Well, you know, as we started, we talked a little bit about your background and that uh, you have an undergrad degree in neuroscience. And so I know that you have experience in learning about brains. And this time that we're in right now, there's just been so much focus on student stress and mental health. It's just been a big deal. And so we've talked about on the podcast a couple of different times, caring for the caregivers with Candace Webb. And then I had APHA ASP president, Kelly Jo Welter, and she shared, you know, it's okay to not be okay on earlier episodes. So what's your perspective on mental well-being and how do you take care of yourself and your loved ones? Yeah, that is a great question. When I think about it from like a neuroscientific perspective, I, I agree with Kelly Jo Welter, you know, it's okay to not be okay. But I've also heard a rendition of that quote too. And it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And I think, you know, just looking at how- Oh, I like that a lot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like it too. It just seems chronic cortisol, it's not good for our bodies and- to minimize that is really good to control for chronic conditions. And when I think about my own wellness, I'm really a big fan of uh, Dr. Swarbrick's eight dimensions of wellness model, you know, that focuses on achieving wellness physically, emotionally, socially, environmentally, financially, spiritually, and intellectually. And I'd like to use this model to self-reflect on how I'm doing every month because I just think each factor plays such a significant role on overall mental well-being. And if I find I'm like lacking in a particular category, I make intentional goals to nourish that dimension to ensure my mental being doesn't crumble while I'm in school. And I found checking in with my loved ones and seeing how they're doing as an overall person has been really important, especially throughout this pandemic. And I've actually promoted this resource to them as well. It's also really important to set boundaries and make sure to create that time for yourself to nourish those dimensions because you just can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, that is such an important reflection. And I'll connect with you after the podcast and we'll, I, I'll share a link to that, uh, those eight dimensions, because I think that would be helpful to our community and to our listeners. And I work on a similar thing and I've talked about it on an earlier podcast when I had Sarah Gardiel on that there's um, Sherry Salata who had been Oprah's executive producer has a thing called the pillar life and there's eight of them and they're very similar, similar names and stuff like that. But I agree with you, you need to kind of take the pulse and see you know, how you're doing on them and then if you're out of whack, what does that look like? And I love that you're checking in with family too. And I think the connections that we've had, you know, during the pandemic, I mean, we've needed to do these in different ways because sometimes we're not physically able to be together. Um, so it might be virtual or Zoom, but, you know, even just writing letters or all kinds of, you know, different things that have been happening in the last um, 18 months or so just reinforces the value of connection and relationships. And do you see that too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Even just a little text message sometimes can go such a long way in helping people feel better. And I've just really appreciated the connections that I've been able to make virtually throughout this pandemic. It's been really helpful for my overall mental health. Well, you know, that would be another pearl I think we would share with our audience and community today that if you're on a text chain, um, and I know with it being pharmacist month and this week it's pharmacy week, the texts have been blowing up, you know, related to 
our pharmacy friends sharing a funny emoji or a picture or whatever. So, you know, that would be another, you know, shoot a little text to someone to just let them know that you're thinking of them. And I, that's a good segue into what's next because you and I connected through APHA's Foundation Women in Pharmacy Committee. And, you know, I was super psyched to meet you and, you know, we, we shared some texts and emails offline to get to know each other a little bit better. And then, you know, one of the first events that we had as a committee was an event to celebrate Women Pharmacists Day that just happened. I mean, I'm, I'm still excited about it from last night. I'm sure you are too. So, you know, let's dive a little bit deeper on that one about your, on your panel presentation, you know, how it felt, how it felt for you going into it and some of the things that you talked about um, on the virtual women in pharmacy session to celebrate Women Pharmacist Day. I was so excited to uh, be a panelist on that uh, webinar last night. It was really an honor. And I never imagined when I was starting pharmacy school that that would be something that I'd be doing two years down the line. So I think it just really shows how important it is to get involved because you never know what could happen. And it's really something that I'm so thankful to have been a part of. But thinking about how I felt going into it last night, I had a wide array of emotions. I mean, I was so excited, but I was also so nervous to present because it, it's kind of scary to public speak sometimes. But I also just felt so much love because I was getting text messages and my chapter had a watch party watching the women in pharmacy panel, which I just thought was fantastic. And it just set a light in my heart. So it just felt really good despite being so nervous to have that support there with me last night. Well, Kennedy, it was so fun to hear your perspective on investing in your future. And I love, love, love that your chapter had a watching party. I mean, that is so cool to kind of know that they were cheering you on. And, you know, as a, a person that's on the committee and then as a participant in the session yesterday, I just, my heart got so full as I saw the participant list. You know, we had had some advanced heads up related to the registration numbers, which as you know, exceeded our expectations and we blew out the goal that we had originally set. And then as you all were coming online, I just started looking at who was on. And I think because we haven't been in person, you know, just seeing some names, some people who I've known for a long time and have good friends with. And there were a couple of mentors of mine on there. Um, there was someone from California who had served on the APHA board years ago. And I just sent her a direct message. There were a bunch of us that I think were doing that too, as we were getting started and during the presentations to just reach out to people and, you know, share a little love and just catch up and then, you know, figure out how we can, what we can do next. And then there just seemed to be such excitement that was built related to San Antonio, right? I mean, couldn't you kind of feel it? Oh yeah. There was just so much energy just in that webinar. And I just came away from the whole thing smiling because it, it was just so awesome to see how excited everyone was about, you know, supporting women in pharmacy and then reconvening in San Antonio this upcoming March. It's just, it was so great to see that. Cool. Well, that's great. Well, you know, you and I could just keep that glow going and continue talking, but our time together is drawing to a close. And, you know, on each episode, one of the things that I do, I ask this question, while I have you, is there one prescription or life lesson you'd like to share with others or comment on in the spirit of Melissa Rex Scripps? When I was going through a rather difficult time in my life, I reached out to my dad and he said three simple words that kind of changed my life. And he said, life's too short. 
And those three words motivated and gave me courage to sort of change my life. I let go of aspects of my life that were not bringing me joy and prioritized finding aspects that do. So I think I'd just say, be brave enough to do what makes you happy, even if it seems scary letting go and taking on new risks. A quote by Bethany Hamilton that I just absolutely love is, courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Wow. So much goodness in that reflection that you just shared. I mean, the insight from your dad that life's too short, you know, that causes you to to reflect and think about what brings you joy and what you want to let go. And then the courage that Bethany has exhibited in her life. And then that quote, I just think that is a perfect, perfect way for us to end our time together. Kennedy, it was just so fun talking with you today. And I look forward to cheering you on at APHA 2022. It's hard to believe that it's going to be here this spring before we know it. And thanks so much for sharing your insights with me today. This is the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast. And to everyone listening, please subscribe to our show and follow me on social media at Mir Corrigan. I want to do a special thank you to Kate Cruz with Executive Podcast Solutions, who helps make the magic happen. So thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me here today.